Welcome to It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer, and today we're talking about how conservatives can't stop ripping Democrats for being too woke, even if they can't agree about what woke means. So, you know, th- this was, this was uh, presumably a woke virus. These are woke priorities whose primary purpose is to push a far-left political activism. When you use the term woke, what does it mean? Uh, uh, socialism and, uh, entirely untethered from reality. Calling someone woke has become the Swiss army knife of attacks for conservatives. It's become an epithet used to describe any type of change or action they're not comfortable with. Or maybe another way to put it, it's become the latest stand-in for various slurs. Just in the last few weeks on Fox News, wokeness, when Legos introduced a diverse new line of characters. Lego is going woke. Some will have anxiety issues. I don't know how you show that. One will have a missing limb, another Down syndrome. And when M&Ms changed the look of three female candy characters. Woke M&Ms have returned. The green M&M got her boots back, but apparently is now a lesbian, maybe. And there's also a plus-sized, obese, purple M&M. When Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, conservatives rushed to social media to chirp, go woke, go broke, even though reports that SVB had given millions of dollars to Black Lives Matter were false. So what does woke really mean? The word's roots go back 100 years in the black community. Activist Marcus Garvey urged black people to stay awake and become more socially and politically conscious. A good person to ask about wokeness is Oakland Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who proudly says that she represents the wokest district in the country. Her name is literally in the Webster Merriam Dictionary next to the definition of woke for how she properly uses the word. Back in 2021, I asked Lee on this very podcast how she defines it and what she thinks of how conservatives have twisted its meaning. These conservatives uh, are despicable, if you ask me. I used woke at a conference years ago when young people started using it, young African-Americans. And I just said in my speech that, you know, being woke means understanding all the issues each and every day and fighting against injustices each and every day, knowing what we're dealing with, fighting for justice. Actually, if you look in the Webster Dictionary, they picked up that speech and defined woke based on what I said in the speech. But that hasn't stopped conservatives from continuing to use it, even when they can't define it. The latest woke fumble happened this week when conservative Bethany Mandel, the author of Stolen Youth, nonchalantly dropped a woke mention during an interview on the Hills web series called Rising. The host, Brianna Joy Gray, asked her to define what she meant when she said woke. And that's where the trouble started. I mean, woke is sort of the idea that... um, I this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. Here to talk about wokeness and how it's used is Salon columnist Amanda Marcotte. She wrote about wokeness in a piece headlined Why the GOP is Obsessed with Woke but Can't Define It. I, I'm looking forward to this. Let's start from this. What do Republicans mean, conservatives in general mean, when they use the word woke? Well, (laughs) that kind of depends minute to minute, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, You know, obviously they mean it is an insult to uh, deride progressive values, progressive beliefs. But beyond that, I think the entire purpose of the word woke, and this is not limited to the word woke. Like I I wrote at Salon about how this is a 
a longstanding habit on the right is using these kind of empty amorphous terms that can kind of mean anything to anybody. The whole purpose of them is to dial emotion up to 11 while emptying the discourse out of any rationality. Anybody who's ever been in debate or taken a class in philosophy or anything of that nature knows that the number one thing you need to do to have a rational discussion about any topic is to define your terms, right? There's a reason Republicans latch on to words that have no set definition because it's, it's a way of bulletproofing their arguments against rational discourse. When I hear woke used this way, you and I've been around a little bit. I, I hear it uh, in the same way as another sort of a, a generic, uh, albeit a coded uh, conservative political attack. Newt Gingrich and Bill O'Reilly used to mock San Francisco values years ago, or when liberal became a dirty word, or when George H.W. Bush slagged on uh, Michael Dukakis for being a card-carrying member of the ACLU. You remember that one? Yeah. What's what's different about the way woke is being used now? You, you read a little bit about sort of the, the racialized element of this as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people have written about this uh, really wisely. But I would say that what's happened is this was a word that actually had a very specific meaning in the black community, which was it meant refusal to be complacent in the face of injustice, right? That's the kind of specificity <laughs> that you want in a word. Yeah, and that goes back 100 years. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a very old, old phrase. And it's gotten more popular because of the Black Lives Matter movement and because of you hear it a little in hip-hop songs more than you used to, so it kind of got some pop culture cachet. Honestly, I think that there's a tendency that's gotten much worse in the GOP in recent years to appropriate certain terms or concepts from the left and then kind of redefine them in these risable ways as kind of an act of revenge and trolling. They're mad because people say stay woke and that makes them feel guilty because they don't want to stay woke. And so as an act of revenge, they're going to take that word from you and make it mean something ugly. You write in your, in your excellent piece in Salon that woke is both everything and nothing. It can mean whatever you need it to mean. And you can deny that it means what it obviously means. The ephemerality of woke is what makes it so valuable. I'm wondering how valuable is it as an attack? I've talked to several Democratic strategists who say that the only people who this will resonate with are the Republican base. Is this appealing mostly to the folks who have uh, Fox News turned up to 60-level volume. Who does this move in a political sense? You know, that's a really good question. I think there was a lot of fear initially that this would be very effective because one way of reading woke is to imply that it's, you know, like political correctness of old, right? Like it was a an insinuation that the left is being unnecessarily picky and policing people's language that you would be called anti-woke if you, for instance, weren't completely up to date on your LGBTQ terminology or something, right? But in fact, I think a lot of people are picking up on the fact that woke is kind of applied liberally to any people, honestly, actual human beings that Republicans just don't want to see 
in public life, and it's not working. Um, polling at USA Today showed that most people actually have warm feelings towards the word woke. Like, for instance, Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted during the Super Bowl that it was woke performances going on, except for Chris Stapleton. And it's like super obvious to anyone who sees that what she means is Rihanna is quote unquote woke. Well, what did she do that was woke? Well, she was a black woman in public. That was all. There, there's no other way to read that. That's a, a singular meaning. And that, that's just racist. And I think most people see that. Uh, that brings us to uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, a main pillar of his presidential or soon to be announced presidential campaign at this point, seems to be bragging about how Florida is what he says, where woke goes to die. You write in your piece how uh, DeSantis is, is shows how woke can be used as an attack and then oddly is sort of a, a defense when he's busted for using woke inappropriately. Explain how this works, because my, my head was starting to explode when I was trying to pull this apart. Oh, man, thank God for the term gaslighting, right? That one's uh, one that made a leap from jargon into popular consciousness. Ron DeSantis is a classic gaslighter, and this is a classic example of gaslighting. It's telling the, the victim of your abuse that they misinterpreted your abusive language, right? So like in an abusive situation, it would be like you called somebody a mean name and they were like, don't call me that mean name. And you go, oh, I just meant it affectionately. What are you talking about? You always overreact, right? That's gaslighting. He does this <laughs> in politics. So he basically signs this bill called the Stop Woke Act and, and some other bills that are kind of also justified as stopping woke. And they're pretty broadly written to the point where teachers in Florida are feeling like they have to pull all their books from their classroom libraries, lest one book get labeled woke and they go to jail because that's a felony in Florida. And so these photos go out of teachers with their empty bookshelves and it's making DeSantis look bad. So what does he do? He says, that's not what I meant by woke. And it's like, well, that's gaslighting. It's obviously what you meant by woke. But because it has no specific definition, you can play this game where in the classroom, a book is woke and banned. Outside of the classroom, you can pretend it wasn't banned and that anyone who took it away was just overreading the word. This appeals, obviously, to the conservative base, this anti-woke message that DeSantis is pitching. Could that, you know, do any damage in the in the general election? I think it could if the left abandons this field of battle, right? I don't know that there's any hope of, of clawing back the definition of woke to be what it used to mean, maybe to an extent. I think you should at least fight it, right? Say, what's wrong with being woke? What, do you want to be asleep? These kinds of jabs can really help fight back at the trolling, right? I think, you know, pieces like yours where you're asking Republicans to define it and watching them squirm help a lot. I, I think that this is being battled in this territory where there are a lot of people kind of in the mushy middle where on one hand, they aren't reactionaries necessarily, right? They're not racist and they're not homophobic and they're not sexist. They, they don't like those values. But they're also sensitive to fears that they're going to be canceled for somehow getting the terminology wrong or something, right? That's a BS line of attack. 
but it, it obviously resonates with a lot of people. So I think that we have to be mindful that there's people that could be affected that way. And kind of the way to sort of win this battle is to make sure that they never forget that Republicans are using the word woke to say being black in public, a book about two gay penguins, you know, <laughs> these are actual real life examples. The, the two gay penguins book is a, is a real life example. Yeah. Things that are being described as woke and therefore being targeted for censorship. Well, that's why I talked to a couple uh, democratic strategists who, who deal with on nationwide stuff as well as in California. And they're saying, you know, that could be effective in some ways if Democrats don't push back. As you said, what are some effective ways to push back? You know, there's always a huge distinction between what Democrats should say be, to be careful, you know, they're politicians, and what ordinary activists can say. I think it's really helpful to see ordinary people just say, well, by woke, you mean black, right? And, and just call their, out their racism. Democratic politicians need to think about, you know, when they hear the word woke, talking about how they stand up for freedom of speech, that they stand up for the right to protest, to read what you want, things like that. And to kind of get at the nut, I think, of what, when people are saying woke, what they're saying is like literally scrubbing our institutions of the multiracial diversity that is something I think the majority of Americans want to continue to see us build towards. When we come back, I'll talk with Amanda about how Republicans are mocking environmental, social, and governance, or ESG programs, as being too woke. We'll be right back. Did you know the number one way people discover new podcasts is word of mouth from their friends? So if you enjoy Fifth Emission, we'd love it if you tell someone about our show, even if it's just one person. Thanks for helping us make new friends. Here's more of my conversation about wokeness with Amanda Marcotte. So you mentioned the other day I was at the, the California Republican Party convention and I was asking you know, everybody there how they defined woke. Uh, one congressman, Doug LaMalfa, who represents a very conservative part of uh, northern, way northern California, told me, he said, quote, it started out being tied to BLM, George Floyd, all that. But it's kind of branched over into this whole concept of uh, transgender and trans... And this trans stuff happening to kids. How how are uh, conservatives using woke uh, to attack the trans community? Um, again, I think that, you know, in this vague way, right, it means whatever you need it to mean. The majority of Americans support the right of trans people to exist and support the right of families to get health care for children that have come out as trans, Right. They Like, they want ordinary people to think that when they say transgender people are woke, they mean that they are yelling at you for not using their pronouns correctly or something, right? But then they'll switch around and use the word woke to describe any advocacy whatsoever for the right of trans people to exist. That's the beauty of woke, it, it or the ugliness really as a, a slur term is it, it just doesn't mean anything. So it can kind of mean whatever the audience interprets it to mean. Right. 
It's a form of othering. Yeah, yeah. And it's about trying to pretend that the debate is over whether trans people are rude, when in fact the debate is over whether trans people deserve health care. In much of the same way that conservatives are, are, are misusing and abusing woke, they're also uh, mocking uh, ESG programs, otherwise known as environmental, social, and governance initiatives. This study came out recently. The study found that 56% of Americans don't know what ESG means. Explain how these attacks on ESG and DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are linked to the attacks on wokeism. Yeah, the ESG thing is extremely frustrating because it's like it's a finance question, so most people tune right that right out as soon as you say that word, right? But it's actually about something really important. Um, one of my best friends has been working on this for a decade of his life, and it's basically trying to get investment fund firms and other groups that invest money, including pension funds to fold in long-term economic stability into their assessment of a stock's value, right? So so the Republicans will frame this as wokeness when, say, an investment firm is like, okay, we're going to uh, disinvest in Chevron because climate change is bad, <laughs> right? Just to sort of simplify it. But they're not, it's not just, a value statement a lot of the time. It's also climate change is bad for the economy. <laughs> climate change is bad for our investment firm. We need to actually fold in, you know, things like the stability of society when we're making our investment decisions. So this is once again, Republicans pushing reckless deregulation attitudes, reckless attitudes toward about capitalism and then trying to make it about something that, you know, dumb, like this, like wokeness, whatever that even means, right? So I, I think it's much more sinister than it even seems on its face because it's not just about, like, someone like DeSantis will, like, try to pretend that he's just trying to get companies to not care as much about affirmative action or something, which is terrible in and of itself, but that's not just what they're doing. They're also, it's about investment funds trying to like think about what it means to be a company 20, 30, 40 years into the future. And this, we saw this, we've seen this in the last several days where uh, out here at Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapsed and some on the right blamed it to wokeness <laughs> and, and and the and the dei programs that they were going on at the bank you you talked about this a little bit in your piece what how to break that down for us silicon valley bank uh folded because they over invested in bonds and then interest rates went up and, and there's some other stuff but that's kind of what they did internally that kind of screwed them um this is not a decision that had anything to do with anybody's race, gender, sexual orientation, or anything of that nature. What's interesting to me about that was that you can really see how the right-wing media works in this way, which is they landed on a, a, a swiftly decided upon trendy talking point. It must be wokeness. And then they try to backfill the evidence, right? Oh, they have some bank executives who aren't white men. And then, of course, the obvious implication of that argument is that only white men know how to make sound investment decisions. 
I think, you know, that's why it got as much of a cacophony of laughter as it did, like when <laughs> the people started saying that. Most of us remember the 2008 bank collapse. That was not a real testament to the investment brilliance of, of white men that they just have based on their skin color and gender. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> In political ways, it, it does simplify it for many people. It gives it offers a simple, albeit wrong, explanation for, for complex things, changes that are going on in the world. It, it, it's an effective way to, to understand things. But do you see this the, the reaction to this being any different than to previous conservative attacks that were sort of amorphous and meaningless, but yet powerful in a gaslighting way? It's hard to say, right? Until until things shake out, like they're trying really hard to make this work. And so who knows? But I think that you, you're onto something there, which is like, these kinds of attacks are all about plugging into pre-existing emotions. And the pre-existing emotion that we've been dealing with for at least like 40, 50 years in this country is a conservative white minority that resents racial diversity, resents feminism, resents the gay rights movement, resents the fact that they, when they were born in the leave it to beaver world, like straight white men were the God-given authority and that's all that mattered. And then a lot of people reasonably correctly pointed out that's not true or fair. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of anger and resentment over what I would call reason and evidence defeating a worldview that they were born into that they thought was just sort of natural, right? If I'm going to be as sympathetic as possible to this, it's it's that they they were told the world to work a certain way, and then that understanding was just defeated just through unbelievable amounts of evidence to the contrary. <laughs> and so there's a lot of resentment there. But I think that what we're seeing, and we've we've been seeing since at least... Barack Obama got elected was that we're seeing a, a a genuine majority of Americans kind of coalesce behind either enthusiasm for or at least acceptance for the fact that that's just not how the world works anymore, and that they're fine with it. And the people that are unhappy about it are becoming smaller in number, but they're also becoming angrier, more unhinged, more bitter. They're becoming more Donald Trump-like, honestly. And that's why he's their avatar. And so words like woke resonate with them because it speaks to their their emotional state. I don't think that they're very good at recruiting new people to their worldview. Amanda Marcotte, thank you so much uh, for being on It's All Political on Fifth and Mission. Your piece is in Salon right now. And uh, it was good. I've been reading you for years. It was good to finally meet you. Great to meet you too, Joe. Take it easy. Thanks. I'd like to thank you for listening and hope that you and your family are safe and healthy. I'd like to thank Amanda Marcotte for joining me. Her column about wokeness can be found at salon.com. My column, where I ask Republicans at the state convention to define the word woke, is at sfchronicle.com and on the Chronicle app. I'd like to thank Francesca Fenzi for producing this episode. And remember, whether you're woke or asleep and mocking wokeness, it's all political on Fifth and Mission.